Hey there, welcome to the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Emily Valentine from Style Me Tactical. And I am Amy Robbins from Alexa Athletica. What's up? What's up? We aren't your average gun girls and want to bring you a podcast that mirrors the way we live our lives. We are self-reliant, stylish, and eager to inspire women to feel confident in defending themselves with a gun while also staying true to their lifestyle. We'll be talking all things from concealed carry to our favorite lipstick and everything in between. This podcast is intended to support and empower women. We want you to be armed with the right tools and education to be self-reliant and prepared to act in your own self-defense. Today's episode is brought to you by Dynamis Alliance. Hey there. What's going on, Amy? What's up? Well, you guys are going to hear a a voice that doesn't quite sound the same like the other guests that we've had on this Not Your Average Gun Girl podcast. We have a very um, non-average gun girl on our podcast today. Ladies, you're in for a special treat because Mm -hmm. we have America's real superhero himself, Mr. Dom Rosso. Hello. What's going on? What's, What's going up? on? I love, love that intro. That was that just fired me up. Listen to you girls. And then you had to throw the lipstick in on top of it. I was like, yes, and I haven't heard it yet. So you guys are crushing it. Like, did you did you collaborate on that intro? Did you you know, is that something that, that was just, all Emily actually? Emily that had that awesome. thing written out. That was and awesome. She, I love she's it. like the queen of intro. So we're oh, like, please. we're just gonna go with it now <laughs> moving forward because she just has that thing like nailed down. So yeah, she knows. Well, that's, awesome. that's on point. I mean, just everything, you know, we, we always talk about mindset, but that right there, like where you're going and where you're really trying to set the base and re kind of redefine what people really think about when it comes to our lifestyle. It's so misconstrued and miseducated and, and put out the wrong way. And we know that. And that's why we're trying to fight and, and talk yeah. about this stuff. But that was great. I mean, just the intro alone kind of sets the tone for, Thank for you. What, what this is all about. You know, it's awesome. I'm glad yeah. to be here. Well, Thanks for having I- me on. I do want to say thank you to our audience because I have I have just been blown away. I don't know about you, Emily, but just some of the message that, messages that we've been receiving and the people that have been sending us um, emails just saying how much this has meant to them. We had one lady tell us that she was sitting going through IVF treatments and she was listening to our podcast the entire time. And one of the ladies that we had on um, is a mom just getting into some competitive mm-hmm. shooting. And she was like, that episode meant so much to me to show me how I can really balance everything in my life and still right. keep competitive shooting. And so I just thought that was really cool. I mean, the fact that we are getting to speak to such a wide variety of women is just really awesome. And so. that's what we wanted. You know, we wanted this podcast to reach a lot of women and to show like the diversity and like the women that are entering the shooting industry and wanting to um, get into personal protection. So I think it's great. The response has been great. I mean, it's, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing the impact that you can have on people, you know, because we talk about leadership all the time, and leadership is something that we know is lacking both for I think men and women equally, you know, not only in our own country but just people looking for guidance. So you know, we get these messages, and, it, and it's a validation of okay, we're doing the right thing because people are really connecting with what we have yeah. going on. And uh, I just have to ask one question. Am I the first guy on this podcast? You yes, are you the are. very first guy on this podcast. Yes, and I have, I have to be honest, though, Dom. You might be the only guy that we ever – you might be like our go-to male counterpart that we come to and say, can you please uh, come on? And I mean, You have that. so much wisdom. And I have to tell you, like my yeah, life it. was completely changed after going to that course that we did with Dynamis. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we, we talked a little bit about it in the past. We haven't really d- dived right into what we did yet. Um, hopefully, like you can kind of tell everybody what we did. Um, but it just it was so impactful to us, and so it just means a lot that you came on this show and that you've really been such a big support in everything that we're doing. So I know the women that are listening to this are going to get some awesome takeaways. So for sure, absolutely, that's it's such a big thing because you know I, I look at you know, what women are doing, what men are doing, and, and there has to really be a cohesive thing, you know, and, and doing it jointly because we, we work together on a daily basis. We're with each other. We're within each other's families. So there has to be that teamwork. You know, we, we go over team and family fighting here, you know, the family dynamic of, hey, if something happens in our lives, how do we handle it as a team? It's not less like, oh, wait a second. It's, it's a one-man show. If you're with somebody else, how do you enhance them? So it was really cool to see all you girls come out here to the Dynamis HQ and and really get involved on on a different level that we we've known exists but it was really cool to see that that impact yeah. that we had on everybody that was there because we know it needs to happen more so it's just kind of gave us that that drive and catalyst to really start paying attention to it and do as much as we well, can well we get asked that a lot and that's kind of where i want to let's just start off right there um you know we're getting a lot of women who are very new to the firearm world and something that i hear a lot um is I don't know if I should ever own a gun because I don't know if I could ever actually defend myself with one and get to the point where I need to pull the trigger. Do you hear that a lot with women that you work with? Yeah, when you think about, you know, a firearm, a blade, uh, anything in your environment that you can use as a weapon to defend yourself, you know, let's put them all in the same category for a second, because at the end of the day, everything starts with the base foundation of how we think, how we're programmed, how we were raised, and how our moral and ethical uh, you know, grounds for thinking and making decisions really starts, right? So let's not talk about the firearm for a second. Let's talk about just the plain question. I ask this all the time. And, and even for your listeners right now, I'm going to ask this question and then I, and I want you to answer it to yourself as fast as you possibly can. Could you take somebody else's life? Could you kill somebody if you had to? Okay. Most people have a hard time raising their hand and they're like, I, I don't know. That's kind of a very extreme thing. But then the next layer to that is, okay, if you had somebody that you love the most that's on this earth and they're with you whether it's a niece, a nephew, a child, a son or daughter, if the only way that you could save them was by taking somebody else's life, the hands go up and everybody Mm -hmm. says yes. Why? And what changed? It's just context. Mm -hmm. It's the context that we allow ourselves to have and the mindset that we give ourselves that gives us permission to say, I'll do whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to protect myself. Now, when you go down the road of, listen, threats exist. The percentage of them happening in our lives, it is low, but it does exist. So if there's small things that you can do and you can add to your life on a daily basis that aren't difficult to add, that decrease that almost down to nothing, why wouldn't we want to do them? Right. And then when you really start educating yourself on that type of mindset and taking accountability for your own personal safety and your family's mm-hmm. safety, then things like a firearm start becoming a lot more reasonable and they make sense to you. Like that's another layer that I can add to stop somebody from affecting me, body, limb, or eyesight or mm-hmm. my family. You know, the, those are the things that you have to protect. So again, it starts with how we think. And we really need to start there with saying, am I thinking the right way about protecting me and my family? And what I do, what I truly do, whatever it takes. And if the answer is no, well, then I, I think you have some more digging to do and you need to find mm-hmm. a little bit more right. purpose in your life. Because well, that's what I was going to say. How do you move people from 
that to get to that mindset? I mean, is there is there a, a a practice or something that you do to teach people who aren't quite there yet how to get there? Yeah, I th- I think if you look at our culture in general, a lot of what I analyze and data and I create because I'm always like I'm studying people. When I got out of the military, I was like, okay, now I need to understand people. I need to study people. <laughs> right, that's true. I, I do. I need to yeah, really. And I, when I knew you did that, that always made me a little nervous to be around you, Don. <laughs> like, what is he studying right now? What is he analyzing? Is he seeing what kind of uh, improvised weapon I'm going to make at this point? So, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I wish people could just kind of see in my head like what's actually happening through my mind, but I do. Almost, you know why? It's because they're important to me. Like I truly, everybody I interact with and anybody listening, like I truly care about you and your personal safety. When I know people and I know this culture, like I want the best for everybody. I want everybody to be safe. You know, I can be extremely violent when I need to, because I've had to be, you know, I was a SEAL for 12 years. Uh, I was in special operations forces, you know, hunting down bad guys. But at the end of the day, there's nothing more that I want than peace and love for everybody to just, you know, be calm and just be in those types of environments. Unfortunately, that doesn't exist. So a lot of times I just, it's getting people to actually embrace the reality that is in our world and really getting them to accept it. Cause a lot of people don't accept it. And when you study people and you get the data and you understand how people think our culture has become very superficial, unfortunately. So a lot of it is kind of on the outside. It's kind of just, it's what they perceive the world to be. It's what they want to perceive the world to be. And let me tell you, it's a lot easier to perceive the world to be this nice, calm place that nothing bad is going to happen and nobody's going to kick my door down and I can call everybody else crazy. But that's right. just not the world that we live in. And that's what all three of us are doing. You know, We're really analyzing the reality and we're trying to educate people on it. So the number one thing is I'd say you have to embrace reality for what it is and really start thinking about that purpose that drives you. Because if you have a family, if you have people that you care about and you do want to protect, you need to put that as a layer of foundation of your decision-making process. You know, what do you want to protect and what are you willing to do to protect them? Yeah. You know, it's going in. I was just saying, I think that kind of goes back a little bit that I can speak to sort of like what led me to decide that a firearm was going to be, you know, my tool was that I did carry pepper spray. I did have those things, but then as you realize what is happening in the world and you realize sort of a little bit more what's happening around you and what you could be encountering day to day, I realized that that may not be enough one, one mm-hmm. day and I'm going to need something more. And what were my options? And while I was never against guns, it was just something that was more easily I was able to accept and bring into my life because I my mindset had changed a little bit mm-hmm. for that. And I think that's sort of like you were saying, Dom, if people start having a better realization of really what's happening, it'll be a lot easier to bring that conversation with themselves and with their family into their lives. You know, it's so crazy. So after everything that just happened um, in Florida, I I put a video out um, just kind of breaking down these realities that awesome, we live in. And Oh, thank yes. you very much. Well, and I, I, I'm bringing it up because it's really fun. I lost a, I lost a lot of let's call them friends, quote unquote friends over that video. Um, because a lot of them were messaging me saying, you know what, what you project into the world is what's going to come back to you. We just need to project more love. We just need to proje- project more um, kindness into the world. And I'm like, that is a great idea, but it's these, it's this lack and disassociation of what's actually going on in reality. And I just, I don't know how to make people see it. You're seeing it with your own eyes. I mean, it's not like those high school students didn't project enough love into the world and this happened to them. This happens because there's evil in this world, you know? And so I think for for the people that, that you talk to, Dom, that, okay, let's say they finally accept that I could do this, then what? 
where they go from there? <laughs> well, a couple of things I wanted to talk about uh, before you talk about the next steps is like just Emily alone, you know, that escalation of force you kind of went through, you're like, okay, I got pepper spray. And then you start, you start digging a little bit more and you start like mm -hmm. understanding the reality, like, okay, I got a little bit closer. Then you start realizing, you know, all these things is you don't need it until you do. And it's just, that's why I try to explain how much I care because I, I want people to understand, like, I don't want that to be you. And if you just understand it and accept it a little bit, then I can give you the tools you need. So it won't be you. And Everything from, you know, talking about the projecting the love and, and the peace in the world that we want is like, that's how we live our lives. Like, mm -hmm. that's how we try to teach our families. Like, I'm living in that way to be like, look, this is what we want. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you that there's evil people in the world. There always mm -hmm. will be, there always has. And you can't just deny that fact. We can live out however we want, but we still have to embrace the reality. I can't, you're not going to affect change in that way forever. You know, we know there's all kinds of evil parts of the world and, and people right. in our country. So, you know, embrace that, set that foundation, understand, make those decisions. But the next step for people, if they truly do embrace reality and they start shifting their mindset to be like, oh, you know what? I am going to take personal accountability for my safety. I am going to embrace the reality that something exists. It's really starting to layer that. What I talked about next is like, what it is? What is it in your life that you honor? Right? I have my honor shirt on right now. We talk about honor all the time. For me, it sets the foundation of the mindset that I want to have and apply to everything else. It's my filter for life. So even if we're talking about firearms or training or why I get on the mats or why I go to the gym or why I just want myself to be a, a better version of me and a healthier version of me, why I eat well, it all comes down to what I honor. If I don't honor something and I can't make a good decision to fall back on, because look. Life is gonna life is gonna kick us while we're down. It's gonna suck. We're gonna have moments that you know we don't want to be dealing with, and it's out of our control. Everybody is gonna have that in their life. I don't care who you are. You are gonna face adversity, and at the end of the day, it's being through that adversity and having something to fall back on that's bigger than ourselves. And a lot of times for me, it's faith, family. And this country that we're in and just trying to make the world a better place, you know? And when I go through all the sacrifice that's been made for those things, I have something to fall back on and be like, am I, am I making the right decision about what I'm eating today, what I'm working out today, me going to the gym? Is, are the reps that I'm getting in at the range good enough to protect my family if and when something did happen? Even though it's a small percentage, I just don't want to be that guy that is left helpless in a moment where I don't have any tools to bring to the table. You talk about a school shooting, a public shooting. It doesn't matter. They do exist. And you know what? They always have. They Now the media is just really, really, really good at letting you know about it. You know, and unfortunately, they've turned that into a weapon. You know, they've turned media into a weapon. But the next stage be, after you embrace reality and kind of embrace the, the world that we're living in is really just to set a foundation of what your purpose is. Because with that, then you start layering those things like Emily was saying, was like, I really need to step up and escalate my game here. Because the more you educate yourself, the more purpose you drive behind you, that's going to lead you to more things that educate you more to do the right thing. Yeah. I could just listen to you all day, really. I'm like, I, I love, I can never <laughs> listen to this stuff enough. It's, a, it's such good information and it's such a good reminder to me about why I do what I do. And I think that was one of the biggest takeaways um, from y'all's class that I got was when you guys gave me per the permission, you talked earlier about like the permission of violence. And mm -hmm. I think so many times in our society, like especially as women, you know, we, 
kind of have this idea and this notion that maybe we we need to just be a little bit more meek and maybe a little bit more quiet and and stay back in the background a little bit more be really nice to everyone smile right. at everyone which I'm all about I love to smile at people but you know what at the end of the day like yeah if someone threatens me like I'm not going to be smiling anymore and I think like that was so important for me to like test my limits and y'all's co- in in the course that we took and then go from there and say okay I can actually implement some of these things every day and practice these things. I love that Emily tells me that her and her husband actually practice those uh wh- what's awesome. the moves that y'all practice Emily? The one where he like grabs me from behind like I'm walking into the bedroom and he just kind of like <laughs> comes at me. <laughs> Surprise attack. But hopefully exactly. Yeah. I mean, I I just think that's great. It's like you guys help us implement a mindset and actual things that we can do on a daily basis that is going to help us out, hopefully. Absolutely. We talked about that, that permission. I think it's kind of interesting because if you look at, you know, how much you love somebody, right? And how the lengths that you're willing to go for the people that you actually care about, when you connect it with that and you start realizing like, okay, this is that important to me where I would do anything that I could to protect this person. It starts giving you a different level. So you talk about the highest level of love, but then you're allowed to get the highest level of violence to protect what you love. And a lot of people can't make that connection. And when you talk about, you know, women in general, just being polite, you know, not wanting to, you know, overdo it. I think you're right. There is that sense in our culture, like, well, if I offend somebody, well, then it could go the wrong way for me. But at the end of the day, you have to be intuitive. You know, if you've never been into a confrontation, you're going to use your instinct. And we've all been in interactions in our lives where we're like, okay, I can kind of move the conversation left or right. And there's a certain point where you're like, you know what? I'm not getting out of this at this point. Mm-hmm. And this might go right. really bad in a matter of seconds. And those are the moments that you really need to be able to pull that out of you. That sometimes you don't have an option. And the only way to get out of it is to fight, whether you're going through something in your life or a physical co- uh, altercation. You know, there's a point where you need to bring the level 10. You know, we always talk about level, level yeah. one to level 10. If somebody brings a five, what should you bring? A 10. <laughs> you, do not, you do not want to get behind the power mm-hmm. curve. And what I mean by that is that you can have all kinds of visual stimulation going on about what that level 10 means to you, but you have to have the intent to want to go to the 10. It's not that you're actually going to gouge the guy's eyes out, knee him in the balls, throw him in a clinch, and then run out of the room. You know, But you have to be willing to do it because if you right. need it, mm-hmm. I would rather you have it and not need it, then need it and not have it, right? We, we say that all the time, but it's the truth with things like this because we're talking about our lives. And again, you know, we always overcompensate everything that we do from, you know, how we train, why we train, and why do we do that? Because we're constantly looking to set the standard. So a lot of people look at the way we train, we're like, man, that's really extreme. You know, if you go to our, our um, Instagram page, you know, you go to my Dom Ross or Instagram page or Dynamus Alliance, people are like, I don't know if I want to go to those guys' class. Like, it's... Like people really, they text us like, is it really that violent? And I'm like, look, at the end of the day, the violence that you put in on the mat is up to you. You're only ever going to compete with yourself. As long as you do it a little bit better with better technique and better violence and accuracy next time than you did before, that's all we're looking for. I don't expect you to look like me when you get on the mat, okay? Like, but, but there's a level of violence that we can all dig into. And, when, and at the end of the day, if I tell you that you don't have a choice, you have to do this in order to save your loved one, you'd be amazed at the, at the level of violence and the level of mindset that you can really dig into. Oh, yeah. Well, plus the fact you've got more – there were, what, seven of us women that went to this course. And so yeah. 
I'll be damned if I'm going to be the last one on the mat that is not giving it 110%. So there was like this, there was this energy in the room. Like as soon as we saw one girl just throw her hands up and say, that's it, I'm just going to go all in. It was like, oh, we can all do that. Okay, let's do this. And we kind of fed mm-hmm. off each other's energy. Yeah, it does. And that's what it takes. It does. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes. And when you're when you're on the mat, right, a lot of people will go into jujitsu or any of these things. And we talk about martial arts in general. I think a lot of the a lot of questions we get from girls too is like, what should I do to start? Where can I do a class like that? Unfortunately, there's not dynamis, you know, dojos all over the country. <laughs> right? we, we really don't want to water down what we do. We really want to keep it um, very quality and very pointed and strategic. But at the end of the day, something in that field of martial arts is better than nothing because you're getting some type of a manipulation. And it's awkward to kind of go, oh, I'm going to go through a scenario and be like, hey, man, I don't want any problems and put your hands up and kind of verbalize and talk. It is. It's a little awkward. When I started, I went through the same thing. But you're getting mental, physical, and verbal reps in to actually de-escalate something in reality. So if you do have a friend that's interested in the same thing or you do have a significant other, just role play and go through a couple of different things that you can do because I'm telling you right now, it's going to help you make better decisions when the time comes that you need it. And it's that's why mm-hmm. we train so much. You know, we talked about that, Amy. We talked about why do we train? How do we get to training? You don't have to go, you know, all out the first day and say, all right, I'm going to go to the range. I'm going to shoot a thousand rounds. I'm going to go hit the gym right. and just hit the bag all day. Like start somewhere because it's going to move you in the right direction. It's going to open your eyes as to what should go next, right? And you're going to learn more and you're going to see more. And that's what happens when people come into this industry and they come into this lifestyle. It's more of a lifestyle than an industry, but they come in and they start opening their eyes and be like, oh, I didn't know about that or I didn't look at it that way. That's what we hear every day. And, that, and then that just leads to them continuing. And then I've never seen somebody that educated themselves on what we do and why we do it and then turn around and go back. Never. Yeah. I've never seen it. So it's mm-hmm. just an education thing. And that's that's why things like this are so important. Yeah, absolutely. No. Um, so you were talking about uh, getting yourself in a situation where you could try to try to de-escalate the situation, right? So let's talk a little bit about situational awareness. Um, and because we get a lot of questions about that too. Like, I mean, I hope I never actually get into that situation. Right. I don't actually want to be in that situation. And there are some practical things that you could to, could do to minimize that, right? I think a lot of women also don't realize that that's a, that a situation could happen anywhere. A lot of uh, a lot of women, especially the one, some of the ones that I've spoken to or hear from, always like to say that, like, oh, my neighborhood is safe. Like that, yeah, that doesn't and it's like, exist. I literally want to grab the mic right now. It's like, is everybody listening to me? Because. <laughs> Every time you hear a story on the news or you read about it, most of the comments are, I never thought it would happen to me. I never thought it was going to happen in my neighborhood. And I'm like, damn it. Those are the small percentages that I'm talking about. Just add some level of awareness to your life. And it's Mm -hmm. all about identifying it. And a lot of the times, why is situational awareness so important? Because if you can see it coming, you can avoid it and you can stop it and you can do little things that really mitigate your risk. And that's what it's all about. And at the end of the day, we talk about de-escalation and avoidance. You know, people look at me, they're like, okay, Navy SEAL, badass, carries, understands self-defense, you know, all these things like that that guy just wants to get into a fight. That's what some people might think. But at the end of the day, I want nothing more than to get out of there, break contact and de-escalate and avoid at all costs. Why? There's always an unknown in a fight. No matter what happens, there's always going to be an unknown. That's why I train so much to, to control a little bit of the unknown. But at the end of the day, de-escalation and avoidance, we all have so much to lose, right? Our lives, you could get injured, something could happen. That I hate even saying lawsuits because at the end of the day, that's not what you should be thinking about when, mm-hmm. you, when, you're, when you're 
fighting for your life. But some people right. do. That does pop into people's heads. But if we literally de-escalate and avoid at all costs, if I'm backed into a corner that I can't get out of and somebody's like, you're not going anywhere and this is it. Well, that gives me the moral and ethical high ground to do whatever I need to, to that individual or people that are in front of me now. Mm -hmm. And now you have to switch the mindset and to be like, you know what? You did this to yourself and you put yourself here. Now I feel bad for you because I'm going to give you everything that I can to get out of this and survive with me and my family. Well, I think that's a misconception about people that carry a firearm. I think a lot of people who don't know about concealed carry just think that we're out there looking to go shoot somebody. And that's not actually the case. (laughs) That's like the media too, right? The media will get you to think these things based off of a couple of people, right? That one, two people ruin it for everybody. And there is loud mouths out there that say, well, that's why I would just shoot a guy. That's why I would just go to go somewhere and shoot a dude, right? There's always going to be different variables, but you know what? We have way more people that are great, good family Americans that just genuinely care about the good of this country and the direction that we're going that just know the level of threat and they just want to mm-hmm. protect themselves. You know, like just us three alone, we all carry, right? We all do things to protect ourselves. And at the end of the day, like we're just trying to make this world as best as we possibly can. Everybody I interact with, I'm like, I want you to be the best, best version of yourselves, however I can yeah. get you there. Usually it starts with the mind, but there is this misconception and you can't let a couple of people ruin the mm-hmm. perception of what you're seeing on memes and social media or the media right. in general because we all know it's just full of a bunch of crap right. and they just really got to through that, which is why these things are so important. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, honestly, when I think about it, I'm like, pulling my weapon should be the very last thing I do unless my right. life is being threatened. And I think if some people would start thinking about it that way, like if your life is actually being threatened, then what are you going to do? And And I just don't think a lot of people let their mind even go there. You know, they don't want to think about that. They want to kind of live in this la la land and say that that's not actually going to happen. It's, it's a lot easier. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's easier. Yeah, it's a lot easier to avoid that in your mind. And I get it. You know, and that's the thing that that when you do embrace reality, there's like, oh, I didn't know that exists, and it does. It, it's difficult to embrace and accept that. But when when you look at that, when you were just saying, Amy you know, the last thing that you want to be able to do is pull out your gun, right? We, we all hope that that doesn't happen. But mm-hmm. when you look at that level one to 10 of violence mm-hmm. that could come into your life, those situational awareness pieces, you know, there could be a workup to the whole thing. You know, you're out, you're at a mall, some guy gives you a, a dirty look and you're like, that was weird. And then you see him again at another turn. And then now you're in the parking lot and the same guy's out there. You're like, okay, something's up. You And some people will bury that ignore their instinct or now saying that something's going on here. And these things could develop over a period of hours, right? That, that eventually you get to the point where, or, or you suddenly have somebody that's abusive or you have somebody that's just being a, a thorn in your side. And then, you know, month after month, it just keeps escalating. You keep allowing it to happen without anything. Right. And then eventually it gets to the point where you're like, damn it, I can't turn back now. And it's identifying that that can also happen in an instant. So when you decide mm-hmm. to pull your firearm out, there needs to be a very clear delineation where somebody turns me around, grabs me by the throat and shoves me up against a car mm-hmm. and says, I'm going to kill you. And they're holding a blade in their hand. Well, that seems like I have a pretty clear ground yeah. to defend my life at that right. point, right? So whatever actions I decide to take at that moment, I'm going to apply those. And that's why training is so important. Visualization. I can't tell you how important visualization is. Before I even get up, before I even go to the range or hit the mats, I can sit here and close my eyes or just sit here and visualize the reps that I would do in certain situations. That is actually a repetition that you're allowing your brain to go through, right? And one thing I always encourage everybody to do is visualize yourself winning. 
Visualize yourself getting through to the other side. Visualize yourself fighting. You know, we talk about the will to fight a lot because at the end of the day, sometimes that's all you have to fall back on. And you have to be able to forge yourself through. Thinking any other way is not going to help you in that moment. If you're actually in the moment, you've got to think nothing but I can do this. I will push forward. I will win. I need to be as positive and mm-hmm. powerful as I possibly can to get through to the other side. So then talking a little bit about situation, situational awareness, Dom, and for like some of the people who are going to be listening, what are some things that they can do or some things they need to be looking out for to try to keep from a bad situation or avoiding? Like I know personally, I live in, in downtown DC. I like, I, you know, I'm always kind of keeping my head, you know, on a swivel. I cross the street if I, you know, am walking down and I see, you know, a group of kids or, or somebody that just doesn't, doesn't look, you know, like someone I kind of want to cross paths with. So I'll go on the other side, you know, some people might call that paranoid, but you know, it's about avoiding the situation or a potential situation. Yeah. It's not about being paranoid. It's about being prepared. Right. Say it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. We don't live yep. a paranoid lifestyle. We're just prepared. And right. when you start thinking about a regular environment, you said DC. So I'm already thinking like phones in hand, head oh, down, yeah. like quick glance at the crosswalk sign, and then yep. I'm, I'm in it, right? But at the end of the day, what people often do, and I see in this culture, you know, especially Western civilization, is that people bury their instinct. When that hair stands up on the back of your neck and you don't feel like something's right, damn it, listen to that. Do not ignore that. If you don't want to walk out of the building or if you want to cross the street because you don't feel like something's right, do not ignore it and get complacent and be like, you know what? That's not really what I thought it was. I can't tell you how many stories that I have. Guess what? I live in the personal protection lifestyle and I hear stories day after day after day. People came up to me and be like, man, I thought this was happening and it really was, right? And then at the end of the day, we just, you have to understand that instinct was given to you for a reason. There's a book called Blink, Malcolm Gladwell, really, really amazing book. It's about your subconscious kind of thinking through problems that are actually on the forefront of your mind. And it's really good to kind of understand what your subconscious is doing why and why you shouldn't ignore it. So when that hair stands up on the back of your neck and you get that feeling, do not ignore that instinct. You've got to embrace it. And it's one of those things, again, I'd rather you do it and not need it right? And, and apply it to that environment. So that's the first thing. Really embrace your instinct and apply it. I'm sure you girls have been through specific things in your lives that said, okay, I'm going to listen to this. And you know what? It turned out to be the right thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's with anything in your life. You know, what career path you want to go to? What do you want to do at work? What do you want to do? What are your friends doing to you? What, what decisions do you need to make? When that instinct talks to you, that's for a reason. You know, your gut is telling you something for a reason. After you actually embrace your listening to your instinct, which you can actually listen to a lot more if you put your phone away, by the way. I was going to say, sure. what instinct? How do you even know that when you're looking at social media <laughs> while you're walking down the sidewalk? Man, social media and, and, and phones and technology is such an interesting thing. And I'm telling you right now, we haven't even really begun to understand how it's affecting our development of our brains right now, especially these kids. We didn't have it, right? right. When I was five years old, I didn't have an iPhone to yeah. get stuck in front of. I'm really actually scared for what these kids are going to be doing as they grow and and how technology is really going to be consuming them because mm-hmm. the reality is is that our endorphins in your mind is firing off because you're getting stimulus. You're getting stimulus that you can't get from the real environment right away and that's taking away your brain power from actually what's going on. And it seems like such a simple thing like well I like being in my phone and I like playing this game. But at the end of the day like 
I think you like your safety in your life as well too, right? So those small right. decisions, like it can just, it can wait for the 10 minute walk. It can wait while you're going to your car, you know, put it away and make strategic points. And actually you'll find that your, your engagement when you're actually what you're looking at and what you're saying is a lot more higher quality than just kind of looking at and trying to do two things at once. So spend that quality time understanding when and when not to engage with social media. The other thing that I'll say these are the simple tips, right? These are the simple yeah. things we can add to our lives that are going to help. Anytime that I decide that I need to use social media or navigate or do something in an airport or out in town on the street, I always, always stop. I'll put my back up against the wall and I'll kind of do a quick scan left and right, who is behind me, who's in front of me. And then I'll pull my phone out and then I'll spend periodic moments kind of looking down and up and just making sure that I'm aware of what's going on. Guess how much effort that takes me? Zero. Zero effort. And I just increase my awareness a hundredfold of what's going on around me. And it doesn't take any effort to do that. So you're trying to find your gate. You're trying to find out you know, what Google's telling you to do on maps. Just stop for a second. Put your back up against the wall. Nobody can come and surprise you or snatch your purse or grab you or take your phone. I mean, just little things. You know, People get away with that every single day and we don't always hear about it. So when you're in those busy environments, lift your head up, take in the real environment, add a little bit of that situational awareness and mindset and don't bury your instinct. I have to side note really quick, Dom. Um, I credit you that I cannot take an escalator ever anymore. Um, wherever, for fitness. Yes, for fitness. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what we're talking about, Dom never takes an elevator or escalator ever. Ever. <laughs> and makes a big point of letting everyone know that. But I'm telling you, it, you're right. But I think that's another part of like just making little changes in your everyday life to something mm-hmm. that could actually help you out in the future if you ever need it. Yeah, and, and that's... It's crazy. If you actually just stop, stop at an escalator and stairs, if you get the time, if you get like a couple of minutes, right, in an airport or a busy place, just stare at them for a second. Look how accustomed that we've become to life kind of just taking over. This yeah. escalator is moving you up the stairs and you're not moving a single muscle. Like, what are we talking about? I get up the stairs faster than everybody else. I'm burning more calories. I'm healthier. But people just take the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. We're gonna fi- you're going to find a better version of yourself every time you make a diff- more of a difficult decision, right? Not, not an unreasonable, unsafe decision. I'm talking about difficult decisions when the other one was easier. It was an easier decision over one that was more challenging. Let's call it challenging, not difficult. Challenging decision. And when you sit there and you watch all these people go up the escalators and nobody goes up the stairs, it's pretty mind-blowing when you really think about how we've got so accustomed to kind of taking the easy way and everybody looks for the easy way, the easy way. Now I've just programmed myself, just take the harder way. I'm going to be I'm gonna be a better version of me. Right. So yeah, crush stairs, free fitness, Absolutely, 100%. And it will change your life. It's literally changed people's lives. I've had people send me DMs like, hey, man, I lost 50 pounds since I saw you do that. I take the stairs every day now. I don't take the the elevator. I've changed my mindset. Just that simple lifestyle change makes you open your eyes and realize the easy way that we always take. Mm -hmm. And it's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's like you talk about success and those messages that we get, you know, it's, it's just that validation of like, we are doing the right thing. Make, making those small, hard choices is what's going to make us better. And yeah, I was going to say, talking about putting our phones down and not, you know, walking down the street with our heads buried. I'll say that probably for the past, I want to say six to eight months, I've stopped using my phone like during what I, during my commute. So like from the moment I leave my house, it goes into my pocket where I can access it if I need it. But from the time I walk into the door at work, it doesn't come out. I'm not using it while I'm crossing the street. I'm not 
using it. Even when I'm taking the Metro, I don't pull out my phone. I so awesome. try to keep alert as to like who's coming and going inside, inside the Metro. Mm-hmm. Cause we have a lot of issues here in DC with, um, people coming into the Metro, like grabbing people's phones or even just like stealing mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then running out of the doors once the doors right before the door, the doors chime to close. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's kind of crazy. It's, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and it wasn't until after your class that I then started doing the where if I do need to use my phone, I back and I put my backup to against the wall if I need to check for directions or something like that. But I mean, it's been it's amazing how many people if you just if you just put your phone down that you notice mm-hmm. are not even paying attention to anything, and it's absolutely it's shocking and it's scary because I'm just like you. They have no idea what's happening around. It's amazing. Them. It's amazing that it's 2018, and we have to, and I, I have to be excited that you don't use your phone from one place to another. You know, like how much more of a quality experience do you have getting to one place? How much mm-hmm. more do you see and take right. in and experience and and like your environment? What's going on? Who's around you? And as opposed to just being kind of consumed mm-hmm. and, and having this tunnel vision. So it is kind of crazy that we actually have to say that's a that's really cool. That's awesome <laughs> that you do that. Like, I wish everybody yeah. would take that in more because your experience and your is so much better. There's a book called The One Thing. It's really, really good. It's about it's about focusing on the task at hand and and realizing that multitasking is actually a lie. I know a lot of us <laughs> think we can do it really well and we pride ourselves on it. And people are always like, I multitask. I actually don't say that anymore because you're actually task shifting. Your brain isn't complex enough to be able to handle multiple tasks at one time. You actually just task shift very, very quickly. So that is a skill in itself. And when you look this book up, you'll realize like driving and doing something on your phone is such a safety issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is yeah. such a, a a takeaway from your attention to the road. You're in a weapon. You are driving a multi-thousand pound weapon. And at the end of the day, to put a phone in your hand is really irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And listen, we're all guilty of it. I've done it. And I'm not I'm not by any means perfect, but I really do try to stay attentive to what the task at hand is because you're going to get a much more quality experience and you're going to be a lot safer. Yeah, on the road. for sure. For sure. Well, I can, I can say that is one of the biggest things that I try to push um, – with, with Alexa, going back to your hands-free stuff is because especially think about like on runs and when women are working out by themselves, that was my biggest thing. I was like, I'm having to go run really early in the morning or really late at night. And I had like phone in one hand, keys in this hand. Something. I mean, like there was no- nothing to be hands-free and get to any weapon if I were even able to carry a weapon on my body. And so th- that's why we put like nine, literally like nine pockets on there so that you can be hands-free because I want you to be hands-free all throughout the day so that you're not distracted so that the, the second something right. comes your way, you have the ability to get to it very quickly and you don't have anything else in your way that's going to be distracting you. I mean, that is, it's so important. And that's one simple thing that you can start implementing right now after this podcast is getting hands-free. Right. Yeah. And uh, phone away. Easy. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little quiz out here, and your your listeners can answer this too to themselves. Do you know what the cross extensor reflex is? The what? The cross extensor reflex. We're no. talking about science and body <laughs> and movement and mechanics now. You know, I, this, again, this is the stuff I study. You know, adrenal dumps, how your body responds to stimulus, being ambushed. The cross extensor reflex is a response based off of an ambush that when you're holding something in your hand, it will actually hold onto it tighter and not let go of it. So if you're ambushed, if I get some type of stimulus in my environment and I'm holding this coffee mug, if I've already got pressure to grip, 
during the stimulus, I'll hold on to that tighter and not let it go. And I've seen this time and time and time again. So when you talk about staying hands-free of how important that really is, if somebody were to actually come in and ambush you or if something would happen, just remember and we actually train with things in our hands because if we do care, you know, sometimes we have bags, sometimes we have stuff that we're moving. So it's not that we can always help it, but when possible, we should try to be hands-free because we avoid that cross-extensor reflex, which can be really important to moving or pushing something out of the way or grabbing what you need to. The other thing too is this is kind of a uh, like a little finite detail, but dynamis, you know, we're always kind of doing that. We're slicing the details and and we always there's a penalty if you get caught with something in your in your firearm hand or your blade <laughs> hand. Because if you have the opportunity <laughs> to keep it in your offhand, well, of course, right? Like why, why would anything make any other sense? So if I have my lead hand, which is not my firearm hand, that's the one I have to carry the bag or the coffee or the food or something in. So that if something does happen, I don't tie my firearm hand up with a cross extensor reflex because even though I can fight through it and drop what I have to make that decision because I've got enough training to do that, I don't want to, I don't want to decrease my reaction time. Right? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to increase my reaction time. I don't want some stimulus to happen and I have that quarter of a second where I'm like, Ugh, get out of my hand and then I got to go through my draw. So these are the finite details when you really start thinking about it. But the way the body responds, the stimulus, adrenal dumps, cross extensor reflex, at the end of the day, what you said about your pants and keeping your hands free is 100% mm-hmm. accurate. And you really need to strive to do that, especially if you're in an environment where you have more of a risk, you know, out in public or, you know, running. Yeah, or for sure. So I I mean there's like so many things I want to ask you Dom <laughs> that we could jump into but I, I do want you to tell people I mean are are you doing women's courses right now if someone is interested in finding out what you do and maybe digging a little bit deeper into what we talked about today where can they go to find out more information about you guys well, we always talk about you know the small things that we can do, and we talked about instinct today. We talked about awareness. We talked about technology, and there's these little things that we can really add. And I think the mass amount of people are really interested in finding that. You know, we do do open enrollment courses. If you go to our site, CrushEverything.com, you know, you'll go and you'll see that we have open enrollment available all over the country. Um, we do it in limited spots, and we have in limited spaces. But anybody can go to that. And like I said, you're only competing against yourself. So show up and do something. You're going to gain a lot of knowledge coming to our course. And what I'll say is that we're really trying to develop some type of a subscription platform that people can go to. You know, life is very busy. When you have a full-time job and a family and so many things going on, it's hard to get to the gym every day. It's hard to go and, and do extra stuff and travel across the country to go do specific things. So we're really trying to find a platform through media that we can communicate to people to say, these are the small things that you can doing. And, and we're developing that, you know. So if anything, they can come and, and check out what we have going on, keep up with us on, you know, Instagram, social media media, our website, and and they'll just see different avenues that we're going to do. But absolutely, women, men, kids, like children, like kids can do small things to keep themselves out of trouble, to keep awareness high. Look at how many kids go out. And next time you go out, just look around you for a second at a restaurant. Watch how many kids are sitting on their phone because nobody wants to cry. It's like, I'm not training my kids to do that, right? Head up, you know, be aware of what's going on and, and teach them little things. But everybody in the family dynamic, which is everybody, right? I want everybody to be safe. And we're really trying to develop as much as we can to give everybody something to take away to make themselves better. I care about people genuinely. And hopefully, you know, by the time that, you know, we all get older, we've done enough to, to give people those tools to really embrace the reality of what's going on. You know, we're fighting a big machine. You know, the media wants you to think that, you know, the world's the scariest place imaginable and there's nothing else we can do about it except ban everything. And, you know, we always, talk about, right. they always talk about freedom and security. 
And when you want really, really, really good security, the government cannot guarantee that a criminal will mm-hmm. not have a firearm. That is impossible. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's impossible. And until you can do that, you can't take the freedom away from the good people, which is the majority. But the media will have you think mm-hmm. otherwise. And it's unfortunate. But you know, amen to you girls keeping up the great work and, and everything that you're doing. I think that you guys are crushing it and you need to keep it up, you know, because this awareness, this mindset shift, this redefining who we really are and the good people trying to do the right thing, the, the voices can't be loud enough at this point. So keep it up. Well, I really hope you will come back on at some point. Uh, you're a busy man. I, I know nailing you down. This was this was such an honor and we just cannot thank you enough for giving us your time to come and talk to all of us. So I thank know. you so thank much you for so that. Much. And hopefully you will join us again at some future um, episode because we just really loved having you on. We can listen to you talk all day long. So, you know, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I think we touched on like 20% of what we wanted to talk about. But you know what? It's been great. And it's an honor to to be on here. Emily, Amy, thank you so much. And honestly, it's, you know, I look forward to doing the next one, especially as you're you're talking. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Dom. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, girls. And we thank you all so much for tuning in and listening. And if you have not done so yet, please go subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a comment. Uh, We are getting so many emails and we absolutely love answering those emails as we get them in. So please drop us a note. Uh, You can send us an email to notyouraveragegungirls at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and leave a review of the podcast. And we will see you guys next week. Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast and its related companies, Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.